0: God told me to tell you to pull the trigger. Amen. Pull the trigger. Amen. Now, wait a minute. Uh, all you concealed carry people out there, I ain't talking to y'all. they sitting there waiting for somebody to say, hey, it's time to use it. No, it's not. Huh? <laughs> but God wants you to pull the trigger on your faith. Amen. He wants you to. Release your faith. I think we keep, keep too much of what we believe pinned up inside of us when we need to pull the trigger. Amen. God told me to tell you that you're fully loaded. You're not lacking. Amen. You're not lacking in anything. So it's not like you got to have more of this, more of that, more of the other before you use your faith. Uh, it's you're fully loaded. So you're you're complete. Your entire uh, you're well equipped for every good work that he has for you to to perform down here on earth you're well equipped for every need that you would ever have down here on earth you're well equipped for all of that you need to understand how to target your faith and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit and so we need to start to focus on some of the dynamics of what keeps us from going forward in faith, what keeps us from pulling the trigger, what keeps us kind of stymied, you know, with your finger frozen (laughs) on the trigger. Sometimes we we doubt all kinds of things. You know, there's so many things that, that you do have to have lined up, but God will help you line those things up. But we have doubt sometimes that makes us reluctant to pull the trigger, the more reluctant you are, the longer you'll wait to do anything with your faith. And so I remember when I was a new Christian, I couldn't wait to tell people about Jesus until they started slapping me around. You know, I didn't realize when you tell a sinner about uh, God, that's like slapping them. So when I got slapped back, I kind of, wait, wait a minute, this, this ain't supposed to happen like this, you know. But uh, that's part of it. But the thing it is is that when you have faith in God, you have to keep at it because you will prevail. And so this is the thing sometimes I think we get stuck in is how to keep at our faith and how to keep it active and keep it alive. So uh, you, you've already got your faith aimed at something. Everybody wants something. And so that's all it takes is to, to keep your aim at, at the right thing and know that there will come a time when the trigger must be pulled if you're to go forward and receive what God has for you. There are different kinds of targets. One of the things that, that three, three things the Lord told me to, to, to tell you uh, and all you have to know is to, to pull the trigger on your faith is to know your target. Know your target what is it that you want and who possesses it so you target your faith at the things that you desire but your real target is God you're you're aiming for the heart of God you know in in, uh, law enforcement lingo and all that kind of stuff they divide targets up into two categories uh, one's a soft target, and the other hard target. Soft targets are are high at risk for being uh, for being uh, shot. Situations or people like say, shopping malls. That's to good with schools, where kids, where there's very little defense against your assault, and very easy prey to to uh, to kill. And so, uh, soft targets are those that don't have defenses against you, that won't shoot back, that you know, unarmed people. Then they're hard targets, like military or you know, your brother-in-law this has got six guns strapped down and the knife in the sock, you know, that kind of. That would be a hard target. He's fully armed and he's ready. He's sitting on hair trigger. You know, the brothers that sit with one eye over here, you know, they look cross-eyed because they keep one eye over here on the door and the other one looking at you. So so those are hard targets. Those who are, are in military, the policemen are hard targets. They're set to defend anything. Well, God told me to tell you that he's a soft target all the time. See, he has no defense against your faith. He has nothing against you using your faith at all, whatsoever. Amen? So he's always a soft target for the things that we desire. Isn't that good to know? I mean, he's not trying to keep you from getting anything. He's not your enemy. He's your friend. In fact, you are actually using his faith when you come to him. He's provided for you to get in his face and start telling him all the stuff you want and he doesn't care how long your list is and he doesn't care what it costs so we're to know our target man what do you want and who has it that's your target you need to know your weapon your weapon is your faith and confidence in god not in you having enough faith, but your confidence in God. So know your target, know your weapon, and ha- take confidence and aim and pull the trigger. That's all you got to do. Yeah? That's all you got to do. So, what it takes on our part is just gathering a little information, understanding a few things, staying with it, not getting distracted. And allowing God to do what he so desperately wants to do in our lives and for us. So we need to ask ourselves some things. And I think it's, it's good to be honest with yourself in dealing with the things of God. Ask yourself, what keeps you from stepping out in faith? What is it that's keeping you from stepping out in faith? Now, most of us would probably say money or opportunity. Well, let me tell you that those are not problems for God. So what else? What else is keep you from stepping out? What else? Huh? See, we always think when I get enough, well, you'll never have enough. Because huh? a little bit you had the last time, you didn't do what you're supposed to do with it anyway. So come on now. Let's cut that out. Let's stop that game right there. That ain't the wrong answer. That ain't the answer to that question. So what is it that keeps us from stepping out in faith? Mostly it's fear in a general sense, but more specifically, fear that's brought on by lack of experience. Or is brought on by lack of experience. Hmm? Now, how many of us have lacked experience with all kinds of things and eventually mastered it? we eventually looked up jumped over that fear we you know crossed a hurdle at a time and so usually our experience really is what or lack of it with god is what keeps us from going forward then we have the the problem of of preconceived ideas about how god is going to respond to things what he's going to say how he's going to do so there's a prejudice that we have there's an image We have in our minds already of how things are going to play out, and we have to get rid of that negative mindset against what it is that we are seeking. For instance, when you go into a new venture, your mind, your experience in your mind cannot conjure up anything good unless you really discipline yourself and stay with the word, and we can do that. That's not hard to do but but if you let your mind just freely do what it wants to do your mind will drift over into negative experiences disappointments uh you know or if you don't know anything about it your mind will just say stop you know it'll you'll get to that door that closes on your brain and won't let you think anything good about it. it's going to happen And so if we allow that to dominate and stay there, then we'll never pull the trigger on our faith and understand that God is just wanting us to shoot at anything. You got me? He wants you to release your faith, period. He don't care what you're shooting at. He don't care what you want. The Bible says when the Son of Man returns to earth, will he find not cars in your garage, not money in your bank account, but he's looking for faith. Now, what is he, now he's not looking for just believers, I believe, I receive, he's looking for that. He's looking for people who are working, it, working, it, pulling the trigger, working, it, working, it, working. It. And when he says, will he find faith, will he find somebody using their faith on their face before God, holding out, thanking God for whatever it is that they want. That's what he means when he says, will he find faith? Because he says, I got a lot of people in the city. He knows he got peeps, but he didn't say, I'm looking for my peeps. I'm looking for faith. Uh-huh. Somebody who's still believing, still preaching, still out witnessing, still serving me, still, doing, still believing for those impossible situations. He doesn't care what you're believing for. He wants you to be believing for something. So he's looking for active faith that is on the move. James 2.26 tells us faith without works is dead. God is looking for life. huh? He's looking for life. And so if our our confession always reflects what's in our hearts, always does, always does. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for people who are speaking faith who are looking for opportunities to exercise their faith. He's looking for people who have confidence in him and believe he's still going to do what he says he's going to do down here on the earth. Faith cannot be attached to works in a general sense. There is no such thing as working general faith. It has to be targeted at something specific. The reason we don't like to target our faith is because it puts us on the line for something. See, so you, you got to want something. There's something about people in their wants that makes us think it's wrong. You, there's this thing that works in your head that says, well, if I let people know I'm believing God for this, or if I'm known to be standing for this or wanting this, then how is that going to look to people? Well, people is is basically trying to get their own little red wagon pulled. You know understand? And well, people ain't thinking about you and what's going on in your head. And people can't get it for you. They can't take it away from you once you get it, huh? So this thing with the people in our heads all the time is is a false thing. It's the same thing that the devil pulls on us when we where we can't get it together ourselves and he'll say something like well they don't want you to they don't want you to go they don't want you to have nothing you know to all my facebook friends who always some of the haters that's your imagination you these they, people ain't real the devil makes you always think you playing to a packed house and it's just you and your little stage of your audience of one huh? why because he wants to put shame on you for believing god he wants to shame you out of believing god for the impossible huh so if he can if he can keep your faith pushed down in a pile of shame then it's going to be hard for you to dig yourself out of that and pull the trigger when you see it's time to do it you just walk away and forget all about it huh and there's a soft target standing there all the time waiting to let you have whatever you say Can you imagine God making a statement? You can have what you you say. You can have what you say. Huh? So he must want us to have these things. So listen, God is never the problem. He's not hard to please. He gives us everything that we need to be successful at this. He's given us his son. He's given us his blood, his faith, his life, everything. We are heirs of the whole world, believers are. And you wouldn't think it by the way we talk sometimes, you know. If I know that everything in this earth belongs to me, I'm going to go for something that's costly. Think about it. Think about it. If somebody puts you in a big room, and told you, well, we put a time limit, because that's what motivates most people. You don't put a time limit on it. We say, oh, I get that tomorrow. Yeah, right. I got plenty of time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're wheeling yourself in I got plenty of time. You know what I'm mean? right, hey, saying? Just, just people, honey. Just this, this being people. But if somebody put us in a room full of just things... What would you do when somebody told you you can have it all that belonged to you? What do you want? You go get the most costly stuff. You can what's, what's shining up under there? Let me <laughs> just pull out the scope. <laughs> you ain't you use using scopes since your husband took you to the jewelry store to pick out your engagement ring. Did you dust that bad? For, still got it waiting in there, <laughs> waiting for just the right. where you pull out the scope and want to get? Of course you would, huh? amen so when god talks to us about being heirs of the whole world the most costly thing in the earth is a soul so you assume all the rest of it that's yours and you go after the spiritual things you're not going after these mere earthly things huh which leads me to my next statement this is kind of off the subject but most people that you see focused on natural material prosperity really are fighting a poverty mentality every day that they live so they're fighting poverty they do it by trying to overcome it by amassing everything that they can that belongs to this life anyhow you understand what i'm saying so if that's not your thing you're free you're free to go after the costliest things in the earth and just know that everything else is a given to you if we could get that straightened out the right way in us we'd spend much less time focused on getting a bill paid and getting some more shoes in the closet and all that kind of nonsense stuff and we focus on the things that are important to god and then the faith for the natural things just kind of comes to you you just know that they're going to be there amen and that's more like what jesus That's the the kind of mentality, that's the mind of Christ. That's the mindset that he lived in. Amen. He didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. But he had made the choice to humble himself and live like a mere human being. Subject to everything that we are subject to. He mastered being tempted by everything we're, we're tempted with. And he came out with the name that's above every name, the highest honor and glory. And that's really, when you think in terms of eternity, that's really what we're after. And so that's why we need to be active using our faith at all times. Because your faith will always put you in that realm of seeking the higher things instead of the... Material and base things down here on the earth. It will always put you in that realm. And so God wants us to keep the trigger pulled on our faith at all times. He don't care what you shooting at. He could care less. But he's looking for people, faithful people, who will use their faith and use it on a continual basis. Romans 10, 10, 9 and 10 tells us exactly how to use our faith. He's talking about how things happen in the realm of the Spirit. Verse 8, what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. It's got to be in both places. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. This is the Roman road, this is how we get people saved. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to anything that you desire. Your mouth confesses what you want, and that is the first expression of your faith. The first expression of your faith. The first confession of <laughs> See, if if we tell people to pray the sinner's prayer with us, and they pray the prayer, you, oh sister, this is your moment. God, i repeat after me. And they go away, and they go back to the bars. They go back to whatever they were doing before. They, you see, no what change. So you know, the confession is only the first expression of faith there's got to be more to come huh? because we look at the life in christ as being a totally different life than what we used to to live and so if that person really had faith in what they said then the spirit of faith would take over and say go to church read your bible put some clothes on get about the bed with that woman's husband So why do we want to stop with a confession only? When we have needs before God. Just saying. Huh? Are we like the person that just made the confession under pressure to get rid of the Christian that keeps bugging them all the time? You know how people do us. They don't do us right. (laughs) Huh? Huh? And you kind of look at them down the line. They didn't catch on. Something happened, or something didn't happen. But we have had no movement toward God since the confession was made, huh? Well, God looks us at us the same way when we sit around wanting, 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 and we don't. Huh? the person who just made a confession. A faith in Christ has got to pull the trigger on getting a church. Yeah. At some point, you got to get into church, learn what to do, yeah. learn how to be a Christian. Yeah. You got to do all those things. Yeah. And so, if we don't ever move beyond the mere confession of it, yeah. Yeah. and sometimes them confessions, a them confessions is raggedy. You understand what I mean? People say, "How you doing?" <laughs> you don't know if you can can tell the truth you don't know if it's a religious quiz that popped on you somebody woke up in a foul mood with your name in their head and want to mess with you today you don't know what it is so we get into more sin trying to pretend in front of each other sometimes i stand up here and i'm not talking about anybody in particular but you know you could people come up to the altar for prayer uh i said well what can i pray for you for i know i'm healed and i know I'm received. i received that's what well, goes it out you know what i mean you know what I'm saying? but you know i know how it is because i know the confusion that'll come on your brain when people tell you don't say that that's not right say this say that way. You know, you say, well what do i believe huh? ay. So you gotta know what's in your heart, brother. You know you just gotta get down to what is in there. I know I kind of believe I'm healed, but I don't feel good. Is, is that okay? Can I say that at the altar? You know what I'm saying? I'm holding on the best way I can, but y'all killing me up in here. With all these demands. I mean, saints will kill you, man. Just coming to church to. You know, (laughs) this is your custom. You know, it's just customary to come. We kill each other sometimes with our demands on our confession. When confession really is just the initial uh, evidence of what you believe in your heart, there must be more that comes with that. And so the Holy Spirit then has to take up his job to show is Isn't that great to know? You don't have to figure out what to do next to show your faith to God. The Holy Spirit will show you what to do. And he will help you. It's a wonderful thing. So the pressure is off of us, period, for all of this stuff. All we have to do is be totally led by the Holy Spirit in the Spirit of God. And God wants us to pull the trigger on our faith. So our confession really reflects what's in our heart. The best way to help yourself is to fill your heart with the word of God, not your brain, not just confessing it to yourself and not listening to what you say, but give it your full attention. The Holy Spirit is expert at examining the contents of our hearts. Amen. You're not as bad as you think you are sometimes. Amen. He will cause us to have works that validate our faith or that prove our faith to God. Not just works that we make up or things that we think we're supposed to do, but works that validate and express our faith in God. The works of faith are different for different people in different situations. We all know the obvious. If you want to keep your faith strong, you follow Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Keep that word before you all the time. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. These are things that if they worked for you one time, you need to repeat doing them if you're going to pull the trigger on stuff in your life. Like we all say, remember the old days we used to do something. We didn't need to be the new days. You know that that was given to us to keep it as a regular part of our spiritual routine. I remember the days when you wanted something, you would put up reminders on the refrigerator, put them on the mirror, put them on the lampshade, put them everywhere, so that that word would not depart from your eyes. See, then when you get older in the Lord, you get cool. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> or stupid. <laughs> we can't figure out which one it is. Uh? Because we cease doing the things that protect our faith and that keep us keep us fully loaded so that when God gives the opportunity, then you can pull the trigger. See? The only thing that's standing between you and receiving is opportunity. Uh? The Holy Spirit will lead you to the opportunity. Where you can pull the trigger on what God has for you. So if faith is there in your heart, faith will be reflected in what you say. It will be reflected in what you say. So you can possess on the first level through your confession. God, I'm asking you if if this is what you want for me and my faith is where it needs to be. I'd like to have so and so and such and such. So, you know, and it's good to always approach your life in that way. Let God be master and Lord of everything that comes into your life. If, you, if we don't do that, there's a chance that a blessing will come with sorrow attached to it. That's what the devil likes to do. He likes to get you trying to shortcut this method of receiving from God. Everything you have, you want it to come from God. Number one, so it will last uh, amen. And number two, so there'll be no no heavy burden attached to it that's going to be too heavy for you to bear. And so when you get involved in the things of God, you have to follow the quote unquote Roman road of faith, your confession, and then the Holy Spirit will take up with further, further actions that will help to establish your faith, validate your faith, so that God can see that you're being obedient to Him and he is committed then to bring it into your life until you follow all the way down the road all the steps he's not committed to bring it into your life see many times we stop short we see it we want it we pray one time and uh, then we don't know where to go from there and god knows you're stuck so the holy spirit inside of you is there to help unstick you and show you now this is your next step He's not going to tell you you don't have enough faith. He's not going to tell you because he knows you don't. And you know you don't. So why he going to be redundant with what you both already know? But he's going to do something about it. He's going to do something to help it because he wants to help you get the things that God has. If you can't remember nothing else, remember the Holy Spirit is there to help you get the things that God wants you to have. I remember many years ago I was listening to Brother Copeland talk, and he said that he was, he was praying and God showed him a, a, a picture, you know, in his heart of, of Jesus and the Father at the throne room. And he said that all of a sudden, somebody came into the throne room. He said, and he, he said, he looked like one of them detectives. You know, he had one of them hats on and a trench coat and walked up there and told them, give me this, 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 and this. And I said, Lord, who is that? He said, the Holy Ghost. He said, coming in after your faith. You got me? And so, yes. And so the Holy Spirit is your show enough, friend because he also pleads for you at the throne room of grace you got me he lives in you all the time and he understands you 100 and he is there to guide you through the process of receiving what you need from god see you if you mess around like most people in their heads do and take god as helper out of this whole situation you'll never pull the trigger because many times we're stuck with a lot of rules. Confess, believe. Well, you got to believe. Well, did you believe when you confessed? Well, I don't want to believe when I confess. I don't even remember when I confessed. I think I confessed it. If I didn't confess it, let me confess it now. And if I didn't confess it, then I. Like little gerbils running around on a. Your little hamster running around on it, eating all day long and running, burning off the calories. And that's as far as that brother gets, you know. But he happy. But we're not. We're not gerbils and we ain't hamsters. We're people. We have important things to do for God down here. So we're not just running around making confessions and all that kind of crazy stuff. So we, we need to understand that we have a lot of help in getting the things accomplished that we need to have. Fear will cause you to shrink back instead of going forward, instead of pulling the trigger. Fear will get in there and try to mess it up for you. One of the things that we have to be very, very careful about is that when you think about things that you desire, that you don't let excuses stand in the way of moving forward. You'll think about wanting to do something, and then another thought will come to your head like, well, I can't do it now because, or I want to wait until I get Huh? uh-huh they're lying to yourself you just want to get off the hook you know why because when you know that god has something for you the first thing will happen will come to your head and said you mean i could really get this and i'm sitting here acting crazy like this i mean your your inner self will start talking to yourself and first thing you want to do is condemn yourself for something you haven't done before well maybe the opportunity wasn't there before amen or maybe you weren't aware of the desire like that before you understand whatever it is that you got to do to snap yourself out of that you need to snap yourself out and begin to think like God does all of a sudden this opportunity is revealed to you like if i if i have to prepare a message i don't come to God and say well god you knew that all along you never told me before no i'm just glad to get something to say you understand what i'm saying we don't rebuke him for god you mean you knew all that stuff and i've been wanting and those a man says you did not come in here telling me this (laughs) stuff but we do that to ourselves and god lives in us and governs everything that we see here do all of that stuff so while we sit there and want to argue and beat up on ourselves or something that god is just really bringing it to him. maybe this is the only time it fits in your life Huh? this is the only time it's fitting into your life I'm telling you we got to understand this your your life is on a schedule huh and god's the master scheduler he's these things that you're becoming aware of now, get, don't get yourself frustrated because you think you're just now thinking of them I and you should have done it a long time ago. Stop that stuff. <laughs> Put that out. Like you're the all-knowing. You're just knowing the little bits. And believe me, for the amount of attention we pay God sometimes, I mean, we're really wealthy in knowledge. Come on now. but. <laughs> you know, sometimes just waking up and God tell you something I say, oh, God I gotta write that down huh? and you don't write it down and you don't remember it you just, what happened what happened it's been going on for 10 years you know, what happened what happened and you promise yourself God please tell me again what you told me I just gotta I promise you I'm never gonna do this I'm gonna keep a pen by my bed and a notepad by my bed and don't do none of that stuff he keeps telling us anyway he'll be trying to have a little conversation with us if we don't even have time so fear will cause you to shrink back instead of going forward and then on top of that fear will give you an excuse for not going forward now this is what you need to know about excuses They will always be there. But opportunities won't. Fear will, uh, excuses will always be there, but opportunities won't. Fear will cause us to want the promise, but we think the risk is too great. And there's no risk at all, we're not really risking anything. What we're doing is listening to excuses instead of exercising our faith. So every time you listen to an excuse, well, you know, I can't do that right now because of so-and-so. But you want it now. This is the, the, you know, why is it that that want keeps popping up, but the opportunity to exercise and pull the trigger on it keeps going away? I think the time that we need to pull the trigger and do something is when the want is there. Amen. 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 Because if, if you don't do something with that want, you're not going to just walk away from it, period. Something in you still wants it, and that could get triggered into the, your carnal man. Yes. And when carl carnal man wants something, he's terrible i mean you know come on now you, everybody has seen the the mom that had a little junior and he was so sweet and lovable and now he's 13 and she got to lock up her bedroom because if he get in there he's gonna take stuff and sell it and you understand what i'm saying Wants will mess your head them ri- they will ruin your life and everybody else around you so that's why god gives us a way to get the wants satisfied that's legal, that's better. Because God gets involved in something, that doesn't make it less desirable for you. He doesn't, like, like if you want something, he doesn't mess with it and take all the fun out of it and then give it to you. You know, this is what your head will tell you. Or you say, well, don't bother God with that. That's kind of small. Listen, it gets big after a while. You know, the devil knows how to magnify things through lack. Yes. It'll get bigger and bigger and bigger to you. And then you look at it one day and say, is this what I went through all that trouble? To get this, I still sold my soul for this. You understand what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. So we need to get in the habit of casting down excuses. Excuses are fall under the 2 the Corinthians uh, uh model casting down imaginations excuses fall into that category because those are ideas that are trying to make themselves higher than god's word and see what what you focus on must most is the highest thing in your mind and so when you start letting excuses start you when they start stringing themselves together to form a complete thought that's when you're in trouble because one will lead to another and connect to another and connect to another. And then you'll just walk away from pulling the trigger because you just, well, it's just not time or something's not right or I need to wait until so-and-so and such-and-such. Huh? You're not waiting on anything. God wants you to release your faith for that now. Man, he wants your faith now. Once your faith is released, then God has it and he can carry it to the next place of release again of more faith or the next level of faith so that you can get into that next level of removing opposition from it. If you remember, when, Je- when God gave Israel the promised land, he told them, he said, Now I've given this to you. Listen to me. I've given it. You have my word. I own everything. I can give it to whomever I want to. So I give it to you. However, there's some peoples on there. But the peoples ain't no problem for you because I'll deal with them too. Now, God has to do that. Amen. He does that with everything he promises us. Somebody owns it. Somebody will give you a note on it. Somebody, you had to sign papers with somebody to get it from them. It just don't fall out of the sky into your lap. Everything on this earth is assigned. You see, you hear what I say? It's assigned somewhere. It's not owned by anybody. It's owned by God, but it's assigned to somebody. And God can change the assignment anytime He wants to. God wants His stuff in the hands of righteous people. He don't want unrighteous people owning everything. That ain't even a legal ownership. It's called stealing. And he takes that. Well, they work for now. I don't care. Are you bigger than God? God knows what's going on down here. If he says, "Listen, we brought nothing into this world. We take nothing out of here. It's all assigned for a period of time, and it's reassigned when somebody more faithful has a godly purpose to use it for." and that don't mean you go out and steal from people but you get it through god there are people every day uh going getting in debt for stuff and can't get along and then before you know it they're divorced and the house is at a uh an auction sale or a uh what are them things yeah a foreclosure sale are you supposed to feel sorry for them people and not buy that house well that's the way it is everything's foreclosed if you don't obey god if you don't do it god's way it's all up for option you got me you're just a temporary possessor of it i don't care if you belong to god you can be a temporary possessor you don't obey god long enough to hold on to it huh? god told his people he said i'm not giving this this to you because you're greater than they are i love you more he said because you serve me that's why i give it to you, you got a covenant with me that's why it's yours so we 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 have to know when faith is there faith will be reflected it will be reflected excuses are able to drown out our faith but we have to drown out the excuses and listen to the spirit of faith again the spirit faith is a spirit it's live it's active it's more than just a thought in your head. It's It belongs to the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, you'll see where the spirit of faith is talking. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 4.13 talks about the spirit of faith and how it operates. 2 Corinthians 4. Donald Trump got in trouble for saying 2 Corinthians. I will say half the people in the church saying if they open their Bible. Are you kidding me? Two seconds. Just read it. You know what I'm saying? And the people that was criticizing them don't know any better. Pick that up from some Christian. (laughs) People are crazy. (laughs) Praise God. Oh, did I say four? I better get over there where I'm supposed to be. All right. Verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. You always speak what you believe. You always speak what you believe. It comes out one way or the other. <laughs> now we can, we can lie. You know, you ever uh, something surprises you and something pops out of your mouth and you didn't mean to let everybody know that's what you thought about that. <laughs> well, you believe, you spoke what you believed. <laughs> it's going to come out one way or the other that's why i like god because if he needs to he'll squeeze a confession out of you of what you want your heart you can run around tell people you don't want it all day long or try to be casual about it or whatever but he'll squeeze it out of you Uh, so we believe and therefore we speak he says therefore i believe and therefore i have spoken So the spirit of faith moves us to believe, to speak what we believe. Now, once it's out there, if it's not going to help your situation, you can change it. So sometimes that's why the Holy Spirit kind of gets us back into a corner and squeezes what we have in our hearts in there. You know, it's like I used to <laughs> complain uh, often, I'm a little more often than not. I got better. This guy got stronger in me. I get better. But uh, I used to complain about my tight husband, which he was tight. Right? That wasn't no lie. But uh, I wasn't supposed to be robbing him every day. I said, I can't do this every day, God. No, you can't. Every now and then. I'll let you know it. But anyway, I'll let you know it. <laughs> <laughs> me but uh i said who's well, my husband we can do anything can't we no you can't could only love him don't scare the man to death everything okay so anyway uh was <laughs> i saying? i was talking about our confession right amen we believe and therefore we speak amen i can remember saying you know little negative things about marriage and and then i would say something to somebody who was single i said Oh, I got to get home and cook something. That's why I'm glad I ain't married. You, We just prayed in agreement for you to get a husband. We got to fix that girl. That ain't going to bring the boy to the house. huh? Little Howard, you get your confession right, okay? That's right. Tell God you want her to come in cooking, cleaning, and say, yes, sir. Anywho <laughs> that's pretty good, wasn't it, Miss Pat? I know that's right, girl. Ask for what you want. Don't call the dog if you want the cat. Huh? <laughs> Why must I be like that? Oh wrong song of <laughs> Don't call the dog if you want the cat. Anyhow. But according to Mark eleven twenty three you must believe you receive it when you pray you got to believe you got something in there just like uh them virtual shopping carts (laughs) i hate them things i'll go on some websites and leave it full and then go back on there about next week is you mean i wanted all that stuff that day i was so glad it didn't work too I mean, the virtual shopping cart is cool sometimes. That'll be your friend. Think if that was a real shopping cart and you went through the checkout line in the store. It'd be in the return line next. But Mark 11.23 tells us that you have to believe you received the whole thing when you prayed. So I encourage people when they come up for prayer for healing, they'll say well it's better i said let's get the whole thing because uh-huh. he died for you that's paid for the whole thing is paid for you wouldn't go away with a partial healing any more than you would go with half your groceries in the you know you get home and you go through your bag and see some items missing you say, well let me go back to the store and get that same thing with healing or anything else we want from god we don't settle for a partial or a feel better amen Mark eleven twenty three says, you must believe it will happen, and it will happen for you. You've got to put yourself in there as a possessor of it. Other than that, it's just general faith. You know, yeah, I believe God, well, but do you believe him for that thing coming into your life and blessing you? You believe he wants to bless you. It's a big difference there. So the spirit of faith starts with speaking what we believe. We believe what's in our heart. And after it's in your heart, the Holy Spirit takes over. In fact, before it gets in your heart, he takes over. Because you can be reading your Bible and all of a sudden the scripture gets illuminated to you. You didn't want that or you didn't pay attention to that before you read it. And all of a sudden, it almost becomes a little obsession with you. You keep thinking, well, God, why did you show me that? Is that something you want to do for me? Is that something? It's that way with the Holy Spirit. He manages your life very well in that way. So the spirit of faith then takes up residence as a counselor for us to walk us through all of the steps of receiving what we need from God by faith. Helps us to pull the trigger When we we, uh, know that it's time to do that. So throughout the process of obtaining your promise, the Holy Spirit is there to counsel you and tell you what to do. He will not let you down. So you depend on him. Start talking more inside yourself when you want something from God. Forget about people. Forget about them, they, and all of that. Oftentimes, when we want something, we only take it as far as the want stage. If it stops there, it will die. Man, you can't let it die in the want stage. It it makes your, you know, it's like having a, a, a dead letter office in the post office and no live mail ever. You know, pretty soon the flow of the mail stops. It doesn't get out to where it can do any good. And it's just all dead letter. And so if we let our wants stop in the want stage, they will die. So it's the Holy Spirit's job to keep it alive. So if we want it to live, we have to go to the throne room and allow God to help handle it. Jesus breathes life into our wants continually, into our prayers continually. He keeps them alive. You can't quit on some things. They become a part of you. And you can't quit on them if you want to. For instance, you might you might decide you might start wanting a, a, a better job or start wanting, and you just hit a wall. Sometimes you feel, oh boy, I don't even know why I'm bothering with this that kind of stuff, and and then pretty soon your mind will pick up life again, and you'll start it. It'll pick up a want again, and it comes alive. It's not a want disappointment. Like, for instance, say, for instance, if you, if you put in 20 resumes, you put your resume at 20 places, and nobody's responded to you yet. Your carnal mind now has gotten focused on natural situations. Okay? This, this job is not really yours. It never really was yours. But you see it, you desire it, and you go after it. In the going-after process, nothing comes to you in the natural to encourage you naturally speaking that it's really there to the holy spirit that makes no difference whatsoever it makes no difference that somebody has not responded to you in the natural because if you ask for and believe you have it you have it it's yours got me what he's trying to do is keep it in the realm of real faith Instead of the bunny trail of faith in God and then, oh, I got an interview. Faith in the natural. Faith in God and faith in the natural. He's trying to keep it over here in faith in him so that you will know that it's coming and it's coming from him and you got it for real. Because you can follow bunny trails in the natural and lose what God has for you over here. So you'll go to a place and they'll tell you, well, that job's not open, but this one is. Is that what you ask God for? Is that really what God has? See, you have to make these decisions. And so when we have faith in God, you got to have faith in God. That whatever you ask for, it's yours. He gave it to you. And the bunny trail makes no difference. It makes no difference if any of your natural resumes ever got a response or not that means nothing to god because he's given it to you already ready and your riches are out in glory anyway they're not where somebody can get them modify them give you two dollars an hour less and you tell you they'll make tell you "You make this up in six months and it never comes (laughs) huh so the Holy Spirit, it's his job to counsel you. See, the counseling is, is 100% of the job of obtaining. You know why? Because you're going to get counsel from somebody. You're going to look for it in the natural. Somebody in the natural tell you it's yours and we like you and you're the best applicant we ever had. And, or it's between you and somebody else. When it's God, it ain't between you and nobody is yours. You got me? And see, we get excited when we say it's between you and one other person. Oh, well, I got favor and you start confessing to yourself all your weak stuff you don't believe. No way. Even on a good day, you don't believe it. Let the Holy Spirit, he knows how to counsel you. If he don't say nothing, there's nothing to be said. What do I do if he doesn't say anything and I don't get any your for a long time? You encourage yourself in the Lord. You just get up with your Bible and get shown up happy. God, I don't care if I never see anything. I still have it. It's mine. I don't care what they say. It's still mine. It's still mine. Huh? He counsels us to move in time with our ability to believe and maintain our position of faith he's always bringing us back to the word so the counsel of the holy spirit will always bring you back to the word sometimes i see saints they say, I've having the word a lot recently i said oh you must be needing something <laughs> it's all right it's all good hey you know it's all good there's nothing wrong with that you're doing the right thing you know what i'm saying us little haters though we don't always put that little stuff. little religious haters gonna put that in there uh-huh the holy spirit opposes our excuse making and cover-ups you ever start telling yourself it's okay and you feel naked you feel like i shouldn't have said that tonight Ain't even right i don't even believe that that's the holy ghost telling you say come on now stop it stop that stop putting up with playing x and you know you won't play an a stop it huh We said excuses will always be there, but opportunities will not. Uh Sometimes the thing that you're making excuses for is the thing you need to start thinking about pulling the trigger on the most. Uh See, with, with people, it's always money. Money's always our problem. You know, when I get enough money, I'll do this. When I get enough... You won't have that. We said that already. But you will have enough faith. I'm going to say it again. You will have enough faith. You may never have enough money, but you will have enough faith. Faith brings with it full provision for what you desire. Money that's usually lying around usually, unless it's designated for something, it doesn't produce much in people's lives. Mm -hmm. I know people that don't trust the bank, they get Go cash the check, keep the cash, and then don't have enough on Monday. Come on now, we've all grown past that stage, you know. Let electronic money help you <laughs> instead of, you know, going spending it all all the time. But uh, sometimes the thing that it seems it's less likely to come to pass in the natural, that's the thing God wants to do now. And let me tell you why. Because if it's a real want, until he gets that settled in you, it's going to block anything else that you're trying to do. You can only handle so much on your plate at one time. So say, for instance, if if housing, if a, a nice home is something you want first, or a spouse is something you want, whatever it is, sometimes people will think it's not time for certain things because it doesn't flow in your little little mental spacers. But if it's something that God knows is a deep desire for you, he will move that ahead of something that seems more practical in the natural sense for you to do right now. Because it's on the front burner in your head already. It's, he don't care what you get first usually. If you're able to handle it, you're able to handle it. And he helps us along the way to be able to handle certain things. And so we have to realize that whatever the spirit of faith counsels us to do, it's the thing that he wants us to focus on right now. Sometimes you'll say things, well, I just can't handle any more responsibility. And God will give you more responsibility and show show you what a liar you are to yourself. He'll do it so you quit trusting in your own counsel and start trusting in the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Because God can help you to handle anything. All we got to do is get up and start handling stuff. You know what I'm saying? Even Handle stuff. Uh-huh. So we have divine appointment opportunities. They are set already. Some of them won't pop up over and over and over again. Like we think well, you know, this is a good time to do so-and-so and such-and-such, so and, such and and this will go on and on and on forever. These opportunities don't last forever sometimes. And so the Holy Spirit is orchestrating it so that your faith meets opportunity and you pull the trigger, and then God lets you in the door so that you can possess it or begin to possess it. Many times we'll get a step closer to possessing and then back away. Huh? Dang, I had the papers filled out for that and I didn't do it. And then you look down ten years later, I should have done that then because it didn't get any cheaper, didn't get no easier, didn't get... Well, that was God prompting you to do it then. Your, Your mind cannot imagine what it takes to maintain certain things just sitting thinking. Because faith is not a think, it's an action. It's a place in the spirit where you abide, where there's success and confidence for you. And it's not something that you're just doing and it can happen any time. This faith is alive, it's active, it's triggered and targeted at a specific thing. And there's a, a reason that God put it in our hearts and on our minds to do things at certain times. And it's not to walk away from it and not do it. And it's not to step into it and fail. He gives it to us so that we can have success. And then when we look back and wonder how we accomplished all that, then he gets glory that way. Amen? Amen. Other than that, we'd be taking the glory for everything we do. How am I doing a minute? How many? Oh, are you kidding me? What I can do in 15 minutes? I can cook a meal. No, I can't. messing with y'all, but anyway. All right, so I'll slow down a little bit. So we have divine appointments to do everything that is on our hearts to do. And the Holy Spirit counsels us at each step in how to do these things. He counsels us for success, not failure. Whenever God, and never think that something can't be accomplished in God. Don't ever think that. Because if he put it on your heart and in your mind, and it's something he's promised, and mostly we get hung up on the basic stuff, like food, shelter, (laughs) good job, huh? Because the enemy wants us to think it's difficult for God, and it really isn't. Sometimes negative experiences can make us gun shy, or negative thoughts can, so we're reluctant to pull the trigger even if fear of negative experiences can do this so our minds will make excuses to prolong the delay so your mind your mind can put off doing something forever huh? i'm gonna get out there and cut the grass and it's you know now you got to call somebody with a <laughs> a hay baler to get your grass cut down you understand what i'm saying And so we can prolong. You can make excuses all the time because they seem right to us. Amen. A reason is not the same thing as an excuse. We need to stay out of the realm of reasoning and excuse making when it comes to the things of God. You don't need to have an explanation for everything. Sometimes people... People develop a habit of, I call it, schmoozing, you know, or smoothing things over all the time. And, and you know, you'll, you'll be concerned about something. And they say, oh, it'll work out. Well, how do you know that? You understand what I'm saying? Give me some tools. You know, that's what I'm looking for. I'm frustrated because I don't have tools. You know, but that never helps anything. But they do it to smooth over emotionally. Well, the Holy Spirit does not counsel that way. So that's never God. When you hear that kind of stuff, because God will give you an answer. He'll give you scripture. He'll give you the word to give you peace, I mean real peace. And so God will let you understand that there is an answer for everybody and an answer that comes on time. The Holy Spirit, instead of giving us excuses and patronizing us, comforts us by giving us what the bible calls strong consolation Hmm? it's much stronger than it'll work out or don't worry about it or it'll get better or something like that it it just that just won't do for believers that's not good enough that's not something that's going to give your spirit peace and that's not something that comes from god saying you'll do it tomorrow isn't the answer either because you've got to give God an answer. He's prompting you today. How are you going to answer him? See, when you know God's prompting you, you need to expect that he's going to tell you what to do to step forward into your promise. Expect him to tell you, give you something to do to step forward into your promise. With Jesus, with the man that was blind, what, was this, what did the spirit of faith counsel him to do? Lord, that I might receive my sight. Huh? Traditionally, you lay hands on him. and He said, no, spit and make mud. Put it on his eyes. See, that's the counsel of the spirit of faith. It is something that you in your natural, traditional mind cannot conjure up to get your same natural results that have not been doing you any good anyway. So you don't send the natural to bring back the spiritual. You've got to send the spiritual. See, this, is, this keeps you from cheating. This keeps you from screwing it up. This keeps you from loss. It keeps you, if those actions that, that, that validate your faith are locked up in the Holy Ghost, then the devil can't imitate them and get you off of This is a great safety for us. This is what strong consolation is all about. See, it's something that only God thinks of, tailor-made for you, so that you can receive what he's got in glory, that only he knows what it is, where it is, and when it's coming. And he will give you something unique to do to trigger that to be released. If you don't get anything to do, just keep believing. Keep standing, but don't give up. Don't go to your own counsel and the ungodly counsel of yourself in your goofy Christian friends. Huh? You know, some people talk just to hear themselves talk. They ain't really thinking about helping you. They just want to have something to say. Sometimes delay will cause us, delay in pulling the trigger will cause you to make, miss your divine connection. It will shock you at how quickly God wants to promote us And how quickly he wants to give us responsibility, authority, dominion, control. It'll shock you sometimes. The things God wants to do. And we think we got to wait until we know more scriptures. That ain't going to happen, okay? I'm just kind of young in the Lord. You're a good candidate. Because your head ain't messed up with a lot of religion. All right? I don't go to church that often. When you come, pay attention. Because a lot of the regular sleep through, there. I ain't going to even go there. I ain't going there. I'm not going there. But in, and let me go to Hebrews 6.18 because you you I need to go there. I know I preach that. It seems I preach it a lot, but it's never too much if it's the word of God. Hebrews 6.18. I mean, God has taken care of everything. All you got to do is put your mouth on what you desire. Really, seriously. And believe you got it. I don't care what it looks like, what it feels like. Well, I don't feel like I got nothing yet. That's the best way to possess it. Amen? Amen. Because if you could feel it, you'd be wanting to mess with it all the time. Well, anyway. Verse 17, I'm talking about Abraham. Verse 15, after he had patiently endured, (laughs) we won't go there, he obtained the promise. For men truly swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife. When somebody confirms something to you, you don't have any more questions about it. You don't have any more arguments about it. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise that's you and that's me, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it with an oath. So God's counsel never changes. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you is yours is yours. What he tells you to obtain it never changes. He don't change his mindset. "Mm, You know what, Sheree, I ain't seen you in a while coming up here wanting to talk to me. I don't think I'm going to give you that. I'm going to. I'm sending you to the discount. <laughs> huh? Don't change. When we are faithless, he's faithful. You know, God has a standard to be maintained out here. He's not going to give you less because you've been less faithful. He fears any time you come to your senses and make it around here and start showing him some faith again, he'll move on your behalf. Yeah, now, you may you may diminish what you want. See, we got to watch ourselves. Bad behavior is going to have some consequence somewhere. But that's not, it's not that way with God. If you'd ever get into agreement with him in the way he sees us and thinks about us, you'd find that out. Huh? You know, sometimes when you're your least faithful and he does something, the tears flow. Huh? Bring you to repentance. It's the goodness of God that does that. So he says, by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, his oath and his promise. So whatever he told you is backed up with his very life. He'd die before he wouldn't give it to you. You know, sometimes parents will feel that way when they see their children suffer. It's hard, you know, for, for parents. You want to be in their spot. And take that for them. Well, that's the way Jesus did for all of us. Amen? He'd rather die than, than see you with it. and that's, He's serious about that. So in, and so he does that so we could have strong consolation. Strong. Now, in human, in human uh, terms, consolation is a you know, consolation prize. You give it to the losers so they don't feel so bad. But in God, strong consolation is the counsel of the Holy Spirit to strengthen your resolve that God wants you to have it and will give it to you. You will actually have what you say. We need to say it more to ourselves. Your confession is not so much to prove to God that you're in the word and doing what you're supposed to do because he sees you all the time anyway in case you're not aware thank think you're god did you hear me i just confessed the word 15 <laughs> times so who is that talking to me why you change your voice <laughs> <laughs> that ain't the voice i was listening to when you was in there cussing folks when you were down at the calves game and lost your voice screaming and ain't the same person i know huh think we're fooling somebody huh he knows everything before we say it he knows it before we do it he knows what we're going to do so the holy spirit gives us strong counsel. he strengthens us with the way he can see it's not it's going to get better it's okay Uh -uh. that ain't him that is not him he said no nah, we're gonna get back get back up get in your word get this god still wants you to have it he's still gonna do it for you i don't care how you felt yesterday let's get it together the word is still for you god is still for you he's not against you let's get to get let's get to stepping so strong consolation means that god will not change And he will help you to get in line with him and get steadfast in your resolve to possess what God has for you. Everybody's wants hits a wall. You'll get to a place where you desire something and you can't go any further with it. That's God. Because he wants you to come to him so that he can give you access into that door that holds the promise that he has for you.
1: Many times we look at natural
0: things to form our desires. That's the worst thing in the world you could do. It, you know, in, in God looks at it this way. He says, "Well, if if they're just looking in the world for what they want, I've got to do better than, or they might serve the world." You got me. So God always has to do better in order to keep us and keep His Word that he does exceeding and abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. And so if we don't really understand the, co- the the counsel of the Holy Ghost to help us through, we'll think we're out there just trying to manage our lives by ourselves, and if we don't get it right, it's all lost, and I messed up, and I didn't say this right in front of God, and I didn't pray enough, and I didn't... But you can rest you can relax because the holy Ghost. he's in charge of this he's driving the bus can you just go on to the back <laughs> hey mr dillard huh can y'all just get in the back of the bus and leave me alone and let me <laughs> you know what i'm saying old cc love getting on that bus and there so he could cheese that mr dillard the whole time huh? poor howard he just get a man why don't you drive dude just let you get he'll take that seat one way or the other you know don't be like that stay in your seat enjoy the ride the Holy Spirit will take you to the When it's time for you to confess something, he'll move you to confess it. You don't have to say, I didn't confess the word enough. I ain't going to get nothing. No, just keep yourself in remembrance of what God's doing. But refresh yourself. Encourage yourself. Worship God. Enjoy your life. Have a good time. But the Holy Spirit knows what he wants you to do. Now the only thing we're guilty of is probably not pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. Thinking too much. One, trying to figure out the best time to do nothing, do the same nothing we've been doing. Come on. <laughs> like, I used to, if y'all ever, anybody ever, how much time I got? Anybody ever do double dutch? I could kill myself on double dutch my time it was so bad I and <laughs> jump in there and get the rope all hung around my neck and stuff <laughs> uh-huh. but you want to do it so bad and when people who know how to do it jump in there it looks so easy that's the way we are in the things of god we want to pull the trigger so bad we really want to jump in there but it's 10 years and we still waiting for the timing and then go, slow it down a little bit so I can ju- <laughs> And God will do it. He'll slow it down a little bit so you can jump. You still try to. Huh? Praise God. He loves us, but he wants us to pull a trigger, y'all. Amen. He's a soft target. It's not hard to please God. You pleased him when you repented of your sins. Amen. You're in. You're in now, and everything belongs to you. Everything. You've got to believe that. Amen. Sometimes people feel their priors are holding them back. Huh? Listen, we're not. We don't have as much faith as a hardened criminal. Sometimes you get some hardened criminals get in court and say, "Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm just hope the judge don't see this and don't see that. <laughs> He's giving his best shot, you know." Well, our Judd doesn't see any of that on us who are blood bought. You understand? He does not see you have no priors in God. Amen. All you have is forgiveness and sweet fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to start looking to the future instead of the past. So we're gonna have some music. Little Howard, why don't you put some play holy holy for me and we'll believe the glory of God. For some reason, songs of adoration seem to trigger the glory of God, a greater anointing and things of that nature. So I need help from God when I minister, and we all do. But, but if you know there's something that you need to do, you want to pull the trigger on it, we're going to pray at the altar and we're going to break this fear and excuses uh, you know, from hindering you. Because excuses get to be mountains after a while. They get insurmountable. If you're waiting, uh, wait no more. There's something that you can do to move your faith forward. I believe God's saying that to us today. That there is something that you can do to move your faith forward. If you feel stalled, you need to, to get prayer today because there is an anointing to break that. Um, sometimes we're trying to go forward and don't realize that you know god never even put us into that place and that may be what it is if that's it that needs to be known so that you can get on the right track you don't want to be wasting your time in god so if any of that pertains to anybody here why don't you come on up and i'll pray for you especially people who want to go uh go ahead financially or or uh dreams that you're dreaming that seemed far away.